Hi, thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Nicole. And I'm your host, Jacqueline. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist. Selena Sardothian has survived deadly contests and shattering heartbreak, but now she must travel to a new land to confront her darkest truth. That truth could change her life and her future forever. Meanwhile, monstrous forces are gathering on the horizon intent on enslaving her world. To defeat them, Selena will need the strength not only to fight the evil that is about to be unleashed, but also to harness her inner demons. If she is to win this battle, she must find the courage to face her destiny and burn brighter than ever before. The third book in the number one New York Times best-selling Throne of Glass series continues Selena's epic journey from woman to warrior. Today we are going to be talking about the third book in the Throne of Glass series from Sarah J. Moss, which is Air of Fire. Spoiler alert! This episode contains spoilers for The Assassin's Blade, Throne of Glass, and Crown of Midnight. If you haven't read these books yet, you may want to consider stopping this episode and doing that first. Cheers! I am actually so excited to talk about this one. Yeah, this when one I was... things picked up. Yes. When I was reading the outlines to like refresh my memory, I was like, oh yeah, this is like where it really starts to get exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this one, we get to journey into a new world a little bit. Yes. Not a new world. That's a lie. Well, a new continent. <laughs> yeah. A new continent. I mean, it feels like a new world. Yes. It's very Completely. different than what we're used to reading about in this series yeah, so far. Definitely. And we get to meet some new characters. Yeah, species perhaps. Oh, that that was the part I was excited about. Yeah, I was like, yes, yes. So, in the first two books of the series, specifically Throne of Glass and uh, Crown of Midnight, not including Assassin's Blade necessarily, we talked a lot about how there were elements of like romance, mystery, action. It was kind of like a combination of those things. In Air of Fire, I found that those elements sort of took a bit of a backseat and we yeah. get a lot of character development. It seems to be super heavy in on like just developing specifically the main character. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and <clears throat> we actually see kind of a different side of her entirely, I guess, because we're mm-hmm. seeing more like into the true Selena. Lots of character development were introduced to, um, like you said, some new characters, possibly some new species. It's a different continent. So um, the ban on magic has not affected this part because it's not under Mm -hmm. Adderland's reign. Yes. Yeah. So magic is available to the people there if they have such a gift. Yes. And there are some other... Yeah. And the continent itself is sort of divided into two sections. Mm-hmm. And it's like split, I guess, in half. So you have sort of more the, the human side of the continent and then the other species side of the continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my understanding as well. Because in the last book, Crown of Midnight, she was sort of sent away by Kale to protect her, essentially. Mm-hmm. But that was before he had realized a few things. Yeah. 
So and, uh, it was he, an interesting yes. choice once he's discovered sort of her her do truth. You, do you think he would have made that same choice knowing the truth about her? I get the impression <clears throat> he would not have. Mm-hmm. But maybe if they for once discussed their feelings with each other and had a conversation, maybe he would have <laughs> after like talking to her. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's there's a, still a journey we need to go on with those two characters. It kind of it's obviously they're not on the same continent for this book, uh, so it takes a backseat. But there's still a journey for them. They there's that storyline is not over between those two. Yeah, definitely. So. It, it's interesting to think about what would have been had some more communication occurred within that relationship. You know what? I, I think that with a lot of stories, especially with romance aspect. Nope, strike that. I actually think like with a lot of stories, just in general, <laughs> if communication would have happened, there may not have been an interesting story. <laughs> oh. Right? Yes. <laughs> in life communication is important and we encourage it yes. in books don't communicate that's boring don't communicate we want to read something interesting and amusing yeah. you want a boring life but read interesting stories yeah. <laughs> yes she was sent away to she was assassinate the royal very... family yes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Some VIPs. <laughs> Some VIPs. Yeah. Um, but it takes a bit of a turn, a very a very big turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely hard not to go into too much detail. It we is. Don't want to give away any spoilers. I know. I'm like, I'm ready book. to blurt it all out. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't no. spoil it. <laughs> I know. Stick to the points. <laughs> you asked me what my favorite book was so far. And I'm starting to feel like so far, maybe this one, just be, but I have not caught up yet just because of the intensity of certain relationships and also the fact that like the magic hasn't been like squandered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, I don't even know if you mentioned this on the last podcast or if it was just us talking in general, but I think you said something like you prefer high fantasy books that involve romance. Mm-hmm. Um, where, and I like, I enjoy, I think I enjoy high fantasy books with or without romance Yes. Um, so I can see why this particular book would be your favorite if that element is super important to you in this style of writing. I just like that it adds another layer of depth. Like certainly there's high fantasy out there that doesn't have romance as absolutely fantastic, like Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, it's fantastic. But um, that's, I go through phases. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, right now I'm really into high fantasy that has romantic aspects to it. Next year at this time, I may not be. Previous mm-hmm. to this, I was really into thrillers. So, yeah, yeah. It's, fa- it's phases for sure. Mm. Yeah. That makes complete sense. So the story follows Aelin Galathinius, a.k.a. Selena Sardothian. Mm-hmm. And actually this book, <clears throat> I think we kind of see like a blending of these two names and it's sort of starting to be like, okay, which identity are we going with here? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, you know, been through a lot, right? Cause she lost Nehemia in the last book and that yeah. was extremely traumatizing for her. She's been through a lot of these traumas. And, um, so when we kind of open up with this book, 
you know, we it has not been forgotten <laughs> that she is struggling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually pretty surprised with the way that it started. Yes. It, we get a very, very different look at the main character. Mm-hmm. And we have not seen her act in this way before. Overall, I think that uh, Sarah did a great job of writing about trauma and mental health in mm-hmm. portraying that through Selena and just like how she's presented. It's like those situations are very sensitive, obviously, yes. to have to write about it. You, I'm sure, have to really think about how you're going to present characters who are going through such things. And yeah. I think she did it in a very realistic and delicate way. Yeah, it was done really well. Um and staying true to her character too. So mm-hmm. it, I thought it was fantastic. Although shocking, it did seem to fit everything yeah. <laughs> leading up to that point. <laughs> yeah, she did a great job of balancing staying true to the character while talking about these sensitive topics. Yeah. In Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, we get a lot of different perspectives, but the setting of the story is all takes place in the castle, essentially. And now we have the split between the two continents. So we're still jumping from perspective to perspective, but we're also jumping from setting to setting, which Mm -hmm. kind of adds another element to the idea that this story is being told from multiple perspectives. How did you feel about the jumps between settings? Did you find Mm -hmm. it easy Mm -hmm. to follow or was it a bit jarring when you were going from a completely different location to another? I always find that a little jarring no matter what (laughs) book it is. But yeah. <laughs> I was also very impatient to get back to Wendland because I was so curious about that world. I'm like, I already know about this other crappy yeah. world back there. Like, not crappy world, <laughs> but like what they're going yeah. through under old that kit is, yeah, it's old news yeah. and it's they're in a bad situation, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was curious to learn more about, like, don't get me wrong, that world is fantastic. Sarah's done an amazing job creating it. Yeah. But that's not what I meant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what I mean, though, is like there's this new world where there's magic and these other species. And I just I was yeah. very impatient and was kind of like just wanting to get back to that. But knowing mm-hmm. how um, meticulous she is about her details, writing in her details and how things really matter, you know, I just because if we weren't doing this podcast, <laughs> yeah. I would probably honestly just skim the other stuff back in Adderland mm-hmm. and then and then get back to Wendland and be like, I'll I'll read the details next time, like when I on my second read through or whatever. Just do it next time. Yeah. <laughs> but um but this time I like forced myself to and I found that it was easy to sink like once you got over that little jarring feeling of going to yeah. another world, it was easy to sink back into those other perspectives. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree with everything you said, that I was very excited to be in Wendelin and reading about those, but I appreciated the information we got from the other storylines, but my attention was mostly focused or wanting to be focused on the Wendelin Selena Mm -hmm. storyline. Yes, exactly. But it was, in hindsight, it was, there was a lot of information and a lot of great things that happened in the other storyline as well. So reflecting back on it, I'm glad I took the time to like read them thoroughly and not skim through. Same. Um, So if you are tempted to skim through them, just do yourself a favor and buckle down and buckle down. As you said, like you'll get through, it's initially, you're just like, oh, I want to go back. But once you get into the new storyline, it's just as interesting. Yeah. You just need to give yourself a second to adjust to that. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we mentioned, this where Selena or Aelin has gone is called Wendland. Um, it's a continent that's east of Aurelia. So it's got two kingdoms, like Nikki previously mentioned too. I, well, we just said that it was basically like there's humans and then there's the immortals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there's a human kingdom of Wendland, which is where Selena kind of landed, I guess, in yeah. the ship. And then there's the immortal lands of Doranel. So what did you think of like the expansion into this new world overall? I was really excited. I feel like I could have gotten more because in the story, we only kind of dip our toe into the immortal lands Mm -hmm. and I would have loved to spend more time there. I'm maybe in the, one of a future book, we'll get that opportunity. I have no idea, but um, it would have been interesting to hear more about it. But that just means that it was such an awesome place. So I clearly loved it enough that I want to know more about it. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see something different and yeah, just the different elements that came up with them being, with Selena being in that setting. It was, yeah. it was intriguing. It was intriguing. I have heard uh, regarding Wendland specifically, I have heard that people have found the world building to be a little weaker there. Um, mm. But I, I would like to rebut that a little bit just and say, but how much information do you need um, mm-hmm. if that particular setting is not a huge part of the story, right? Yeah. So... But when I think back to Assassin's Blade, though, and those were such short stories, yeah, the world building was really good, though. Like, you really got a, a taste for each setting that she was in. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that, in my opinion, after having read Era Fire, I think that the world building was fine, but I, I can mm-hmm. understand what they mean because it's quite... Uh, detailed and everything in Adderlin and and Rifthold specifically. Yeah. But um I'm I'm curious I'm curious about Doranel. <laughs> yeah, that's more what I was curious about as well. And I don't necessarily think that more information needed to be added to this book. I think that the information we were given in this book made sense for the storyline in this book. Yes. I would love to see either in future books within the series more information like if we go back to that uh, Dornell and see more from there or if that doesn't happen it'd be cool if maybe Sarah wrote a book from another character's perspective who lives there and so it's like we get to see someone else's journey in that specific place yeah that would be really cool yes so one of the really cool aspects of this particular book is that we get introduced to more species and more creatures I haven't read a lot of other high fantasy books and from the perspective of someone who has, what did you think of the creatures that were introduced to us in this story? Because I know some of them, or at least one of them in particular um, has come from another story. I think it came, there's a particular, there's a particular creature who also exists in Lord of the Rings. I don't know if all her creatures come from if they're like general fantasy creatures or if they're ones she has created 
What do you think about the sort of creature building? <laughs> Is that a thing? It's really in good. The story. I I have I really admire the way that uh, she handles that. I wouldn't say I've read a lot of high fantasy. Do you know the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy? My understanding is high fantasy is set in a different world. Low fantasy is set in our world. Exactly. Exactly. So I've read quite a lot of low fantasy. It's such a... <laughs> it's honestly so insulting sounding. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> like high fantasy, I like. I didn't realize I was even reading high fantasy until I was like, what is high fantasy? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay. It's just like world building, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, there's... it's intense when you think about what the author has to do you're building cultures and religions and worlds and creatures Mm -hmm. and everything um but I've read quite a bit of low fantasy for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I would say most of the fantasy I've read is low fantasy and then I have read a few high fantasy series so um I would say this is quickly becoming one of my favorite high fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I really, really am just so impressed with how she leaves little hints throughout um, that do tie together mm-hmm. later on or something that you didn't think was meaningful or important. It becomes meaningful or important later on. And yeah, I just find that so impressive because that doesn't always happen. There's sometimes some pretty big plot holes or some, I'll feel like it's a big plot hole. Maybe the next reader doesn't. Yeah. But um, so I would say that this is like the first class high fantasy. It's really good. I think that also, like you mentioned before, you know how I'm, I'm really enjoying the romance aspect of it of the high yeah with the high fantasy but this is not a romance story Mm -hmm. this there's romance in it but it's Mm -hmm. definitely not a romance fantasy yeah I would agree with that so I think I know I've suggested this book to like my brother-in-law who he he enjoys reading um I would say he enjoys reading high fantasy so um Mm. yeah I was just thinking because he really likes like Star Wars and stuff, but he also reads like mm-hmm. fantasy stuff. So um, I think he would actually really enjoy this story mm-hmm. as well. Uh, my husband, Brandon, he he would enjoy it too. He's been watching our podcast and he's like, this is really making me want to read this series. <laughs> I'm like, you should. <laughs> so I think that it actually speaks to a very wide variety of people because mm-hmm. it like, you know, obviously more romantic, heavy stories I don't want to get crucified for saying this, but it definitely appeals to women more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in I mean, ge- like facts in general, are facts. facts are facts, right? <laughs> um, but because the romance, although it it does play a part in the story, because it's not the main focus, I think it could really appeal to um, men and boys as well, mm-hmm. older boys, teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> as we have made very clear yeah (laughs) i do not suggest this for children (laughs) but hey did you want to just quickly mention what you were speaking to that chapters employee or that what they said about the yeah i ran into someone who works at a bookstore i believe it's chapters that they work at from context and they had said that they moved the throne of glass series from young adults into adults section of the bookstore 
although the characters are young adults, so that's, I think, originally why it was placed there, the content they found to be more fitting for adults. Yeah, so... so. I don't know if that's going to change, like, because I know these books are in high schools. I've been in high schools and seen them, and I, I don't know if they'll get... Like, I have read up to the only one in the series I haven't read at this point is the last book. Mm-hmm. And I am not in parent, so I don't have the right to say this, but I feel as though I might not be okay with some of the scenes in the later books. If my children were reading that, I'm not sure yeah. how I would feel very comfortable with that. It's really tricky to know too, because um, teenagers these days are so much more sophisticated. I feel yeah, and um, but specific specifically the the violence and torturous yeah. kind of content that mm-hmm. there has been in past books that we've read up to this point. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about the books I read in high school, like when I because I had a spare and I would just go to the library and read. Mm-hmm. And there was some pretty like, I remember reading some books in there and thinking, "Wow, this seems really inappropriate," but I was fascinated. But I was like, should I be reading this? But I was still very fascinated with it. (laughs) If I had found this series in high school, oh, man, it would become my whole personality. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I feel like 11 and like grade 11 and 12 is fine. Like, I don't I wouldn't have a problem at that age. I think it's more when it's like the if you have like nine, nine, tens. Like lots of high schools don't have eights. But if it's a high school where it has that eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I feel like that's like you would really have that's to like a little know your young. child. I agree. I agree. Uh, totally. And I think that the chapters people or I don't know if it was chapters, <laughs> but yeah, the bookstore <laughs> people thought that mm-hmm. too, right? They were mm-hmm. actually like, no, this is going to adult section. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, obviously a young adult teenager can walk to the adult section and of purchase course. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, I, but at least it's like it's sort of like a rating on a movie, right? Like you know what you're getting mm-hmm. into. Okay, there's more mature content in this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And unfortunately, um, high school librarians don't have the time to read every single book they order. They need no. to base it off of the reviews and the ratings that are put online. It, if it is said it is for young adults, they're going to assume it's appropriate for young adults. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're going to put a certain amount of trust in the publishers that they know what they're doing when they're classifying it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and there's a lot of elements to it that make it makes complete sense why it being here, uh, mm-hmm. based on like my very limited knowledge of the both both the categories and what would define them. But yeah, I think as we've said a million times, it really comes down to the individual person and their personality and totally. maturity. And the parents are probably going to know, you know whether their child can handle it or not. I mean, it would be an idea for the parent to read this series because it's yeah. it's very amusing, you know. You can read it <laughs> of together. Of course, if you don't, if you don't like fantasy, you, you won't enjoy it because there's too much no. world building and stuff. But if mm-hmm. you do like fantasy, you will love it. <laughs> Let's say maybe like four or five years ago, um, this mm-hmm. is before I was into fantasy, I would be reading like... I really, like I say, I was really into, I've been into thrillers for a long time, actually. And they're very fast paced, right? And there's a high level of tension. So there's not always a high level of tension in fantasy. And so I think if that's something that you're looking for, um, that might be a little bit like snoozy for you. 
I do not mm. find this story snoozy at all. But no, if you're looking, so like many I say, if you're looking for that extremely, like I'm going to mention, like Colleen Hoover's Verity, okay, the tension is crazy in that novel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for that kind of like rush while you're reading, it's not going to happen in a fantasy novel. Like mm-hmm. it might happen in a small section of the fantasy novel, but it won't be like <laughs> the whole the whole novel. time you're not on like the edge of your page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if that's the kind of thing you like then I can understand how people would become impatient for sure with fantasies, right? Mm -hmm. If you like romance specifically, then, and you wanted to dip your toe into the fantasy world, but you didn't want to like commit to its huge high fantasy thing, then like A Court of Thorns and Roses would be good because there's definitely a lot more, it's definitely a lot more romance focused. It's, Mm -hmm. it's still not like, I would not consider it like a romance, <laughs> but it's it's definitely like heavily more romance focused than Throne of Glass. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like high fantasy books, it's like you need to have a lot of time to invest because for yeah. a world to be built, there's going to probably be, be multiple books. Yeah. So... I mean, that with high be. fantasy, like if because like I had mentioned, you need to create religions and cultures. And so if you're going into like, okay, you're learning something about a religion here. And you're, you're kind of, it's like, if you're not into that world building, you're like, I don't care. And you skip that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then pretty soon you're skipping too many parts and then it matters too much. So now you're mm-hmm. not even, yeah. So I, I get it because <laughs> I've been mm-hmm. there. I've been there where I'm like, this is, you know, not fast paced enough, but I'm older and wiser now. And I appreciate it slower. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing yeah. slow about this read, but like compared to some other genres, I can, I get it why some people don't want to do it. Again, if I think if they gave the story a chance, it's sort of like a really good show, right? Mm-hmm. If you give it a chance, sometimes it's like, whoa, this is really good. And maybe it's not something you would um, necessarily have chosen if you heard the synopsis of it but then once you get into it you're like this is an amazing story and this Mm -hmm. is an amazing story so yeah I think if you gave it a chance regardless of the genre that you prefer that yeah you would probably enjoy it if you're a reader yeah no I agree it's a good read tis (laughs) and it's just getting better and better in my opinion (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us today. On next week's episode, we'll be diving deeper into Air of Fire with the heavy spoilers discussion. We hope to see you there. Bye for now. Bye.